Hey everybody, welcome to Good Gamers. I am your host, James Smith, and today I am joined with... Hi, I'm Vampire Bait. Hello, Vampire Bait. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am alright. So, as you know, this is a gaming podcast, and... I like to ask the burning question, what are you playing? Oh, as in, are we restricting to board games or computer games or just anything at all at the moment? Whatever you fancy. Uh, well, right now I'm desperately trying to play Elder Scrolls Online again, but uh, my main game at the moment is actually Dauntless. Dauntless? Cool. I don't know if you played Dauntless, yeah. I have not, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's a great game that's sort of got reminiscent of Monster Hunter, if you've ever played Monster Hunter World at all, but it just seems to have easier mechanics, so it's a really cool game at the moment. I've never played Monster Hunter, but I know of it as well. Um, usually my wheelhouse of gaming is uh, usually a fighting or, or RPGs, you know, like those types of games, uh, or, or, yeah. or like... Um, you know the quick games. You know, uh, I, like I, I, I'm generally a nervous person, so I can't sit down for too long to play a game. And when I do play games, I'm usually standing or at the edge of the seat because I'm so nervous. <laughs> Just so excited and nervous about what you're doing. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's. Yeah. it's I'm I like, like anything that's got a really strong sort of fantasy vibe to it. So Elder Scrolls is perfect for that. But Dauntless is just a nice. Um, I, I'm a loot goblin, so anything I can collect armor in is great. There you go. Uh, uh, looting is is definitely something that that I'm proud of you doing. <laughs> That's for sure in the game. <laughs> uh, you got to hoard. This is what games are for. You got to be a hoarder. Ex- exactly, exactly. The um, I'm surprised that dragons have never been on the show hoarders because they're really bad at it. Um, they just, oh yeah. <laughs> they are very severe hoarders. Um. <laughs> I can tell you a game I wish I was playing right now if uh, we ever get out of this situation at the moment and that's um, I miss my Dungeons and Dragons groups so bad <laughs> oh, nice nice the um, I don't know if you know this just 10 uh, the, the username yeah but, but uh, he, he and I and other people will occasionally play uh, tabletop simulator and we'll we'll, we'll do that okay. online you know, like we'll play. Uh, like yesterday, we played. Uh, uh, what was it? Haunting on Hill House. I think we played, and um, then we played another Among Us. I, uh, I think it was I, the game. It was, oh, do you mean Betrayal on on Hill House? Yes, that's the one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's an awesome game. Yeah, I've, I'm actually just looking at my copy of that, just piled up in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> the um, my sister, as I was mentioning to uh she has uh when she came back she was like oh i got you something and it was a board game and she's like do you like it and i was like of course i like it but i have no one to play with so it's just gonna sit there (laughs) i just look at my book i put them in the closet so that i don't feel bad i'm like i don't want to look at you so you're in the closet (laughs) you know my friend's bought a zip for uh christmas one year so usually we travel up to my friend's house um in northampton which is about 70 miles away 
and we have whole gaming days and oh i miss it so much <laughs> i bet i bet there um there was uh, there still is but uh, you know he doesn't as far as i know allow it anymore but the uh, comic book store in the next town over from where i live and they would do D and D and various other games oh. each each night, and I would go there. But I I couldn't go every day because I don't want to be that jerk that doesn't buy anything and just plays the game. So I'd have to buy like oh. you know like a little something like maybe like a a pack of cards or a comic book, you know. Oh yeah, just get a booster every now and again, and just be like, see, I'm contributing. Exactly, exactly. Because I I yeah. I legitimately like I've done it before, but I legitimately feel bad when. I I use a service and don't contribute back to it. You know what I mean? No, I'm exactly the same. Yeah, I yeah I used to go to. There's a shop in town here that's called Spirit Games. Yes. And that was where I first started playing Magic. Like we're talking about a decade ago now. I used to go down on a Friday night and do the draft games. And uh, they actually announced today that they're closing because of sales having dropped so much. So that's a bit devastating for my town, unfortunately. Wow. Yeah, they've been going since the seventies, and they just can't go anymore this year because they've lost so much. That yeah, that, that happens. The um, I don't know about now, but when I was younger, there was a store called F A O Schwartz, and this was like a Harrods. If you've ever heard of a Harrods, oh yeah, yeah. it's it's like that, but but in New York, and it was a, it was in the movie Big with Tom Hanks. If you ever saw that. Yeah, with the the keyboard on the floor. That exactly. Yeah, that yeah. was the dream store when I was a kid. Exactly. I would love to have a store like that here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, it went out of business. I want to say like maybe like some time ago, but then it got re brought back because people were like, "It's an iconic store. It was in the movie Big. Come on, ba ba ba. You know, like all of this whatnot oh, yeah, and the Yeah. So they reopened it, and then you know, like it was people were still going there uh, again i don't know if it's uh now you know open because of the whole situation uh but it was it definitely a cool store like they would have like the giant teddy bears that were like really ridiculously large they had the keyboard and it was just like that I, I there is a toys r us very similar to it that had a, a ferris wheel in it which was pretty neat oh wow yeah but yeah, that's that's only in the city, though. You know, like the New York City. So um, yeah, that does sound really cool. You don't you don't tend to get a lot of that outside of London here. Like the very small towns don't necessarily even have a gaming shop. Like like this was our only gaming shop, and I think the nearest one is about an hour away in uh, Birmingham. So we we're very short on uh, anything cool like that here, unfortunately. Yes, yes. The um, when um. When when my when my mother had passed, I apologize for the podcast. Uh, but when my mother had passed, and I had to go visit, uh, you know, uh, my dad. My dad lives in a lived in a rural area, and uh, I would have to take a train. And then on the way back was the difficult part because the closest train station to my father's house was four miles away. And oh. so so I didn't I I don't like driving. Never have. And so I would just be like, oh, I guess I have to walk the four miles. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was necessary. But I'm just saying, like, a lot of people probably feel like 
if it were more necessary, it would probably stay more open. You know what I mean? Like if people put in more effort. Yeah. That's that's what I'm trying to convey with that sad story. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. We had um, we've had a few attempts for people to open comic book stores and things here. There was an awesome one that was one of those places that has amazing milkshakes where they can make a milkshake out of any sort of chocolate bar or anything. Um, I don't know if you have them out there, maybe. Uh, I can't say that I've ever experienced it, but I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's where they just throw like the ice cream and the milk and everything in with a whole chocolate bar, and then you have a milkshake of that chocolate bar. Hmm. But they mix that up with a comic book shop as well, and it was one of my favorite places to go because it was just awesome, and we just never really had any comic book places here that you didn't have to like take a train to and then walk a little bit to get to. It's just... Uh, it's not something that's ever been very popular here in England, I don't think. So, but the geek culture is sort of starting to bring a lot more of that round to us now. I I got you. I got you. The um, that does sound delicious, by the way. Um, that reminds oh, me of great. <laughs> that reminds me of a conversation. Uh, I don't know if you were there, but um, uh, I was having a conversation with I don't know who started it. Maybe it was Jorgen. Maybe it was Josephine in the sugar cubes chat on twitch but um i they were saying like oh i love um i love the uh nutella and i was like i don't like oh, nutella yeah. i think nutella is too sweet and then jorgen or somebody was like maybe you just haven't had european nutella maybe the american nutella is terrible and i was like it's very possible and, and and so he might have a point <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i i've never tried it but i'm just saying like they you know like in europe there's switzerland which is known for their chocolate so i i'm not going to argue with you but i've never tried it <laughs> <laughs> do i need to send you like a jar of nutella i feel like this is this is something you need to experience especially if you're not sure on it i need to send you proper nutella <laughs> <laughs> that's that would be nice you don't have to though but uh the, no, I'm I'm the kind of person who literally will sit with a jar of Nutella and a spoon, and that's my night. That sounds <laughs> heavenly. I know. <laughs> it, <laughs> that's like me sitting down really with a is. with a box of sour candy. Like I'll just I'll just eat the sour Ooh. candy. <laughs> See, I went too far the other day when I had dairy milk chocolate bar that I was dipping in the Nutella, and I managed it for maybe half an hour before I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Uh, because I saw that on you doing that, I actually had a, a Hershey's chocolate bar and I took Hershey's pudding and I actually mixed it to see how it tasted. And it was, and I was just like, yep, this is, this is too extreme. <laughs> yeah. It was chocolate uh, yeah, on yeah, chocolate. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, that, that'll kill you fast if you keep on with that too much. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, again, it was, it was just a few bites. I was, I wasn't about to eat the whole thing. <laughs> I, I definitely would I, I probably give me well. diabetes afterwards. I, yeah, I got through a, um, I think it was a 500 gram chocolate bar, and I think I did at least half of it before I kind of was like, I should probably stop. This is this isn't good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I remember thinking when I was younger, because my brother would be like, "Oh, you have terrible eating habits because you, all you want to do is eat is candy." And again, I love sour candy, and so. Um, my brother was like, maybe if you just get little pieces of candy here and there, 
then that will be fine. This way you don't feel compelled to eat the whole entire bag. And I've been doing that ever since. Oh, I wish. <laughs> I don't think it works like that for, for me. It's like if I have that small taste, I've got to carry on. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the candy Mike and Ike. But um, no. it's, it's like this licorice kind of fruity candy. And, um, okay. and um, they, they usually come in like a square box. And they're usually like, I don't know, like, I, I know that you don't use uh, pounds there. But um, it's, it's usually like a one pound box of Mike and Ike's or, or like several ounces, depending on, you know, like how much you pay for it. And they could go upwards to seven pounds, uh, you know. And so I remember going to the store as a child and buying the biggest box I could and just sitting there and eating the whole entire thing. Oh, and then that being my day was just like eating that box. <laughs> I think that was a great choice. I think that sounds like an awesome childhood thing to me. No regrets. <laughs> no. And now we're adults. We get to do it without anyone stopping us. Exactly. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the show Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. But um, it's on. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, the character Kimmy Schmidt, she's like an, a, a child adult, and okay. one of the things she goes into the supermarket, and she's like, "I'm having candy for dinner," and I put that on Instagram <laughs> as living the dream, as her saying that because yep, yep. It's, it's literally, it's literally what you know. It's <laughs> like, what should I have? Should I have a? a Ham and eggs or whatever, or or sour candy. I think I'll choose the sour candy. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you can come home from work and you're like, you know what, I'm just gonna have cereal for tea. Today's tea will be cereal. This is fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, um, I I I have I have joking aside, I have improved the way that I I've eaten, uh, but you know I still you know fall back on ha on habits you know because why not? Old habits die hard. Yeah. But I've improved. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a, there's a measure of guilt there as well sometimes when you're like, oh, I've done this. I should probably, you know, tomorrow's dinner's going to be veg. We're just going to have just veggies for the next few days to make up for this. Exactly. Um, I don't I don't know if they have this where you are, but there's a drink here called White Claw. And, okay. and it's an alcoholic beverage. And I remember seeing prior, previously, before COVID hit, I never heard of this drink ever and now mm -hmm. i see people drinking white claw all the time my brother drinks white claw streamers drink white claw and i'm like i'm like who, who where did where did it come from did they is this the part of their marketing strategy hey do you like watching twitch drink a white claw it's like <laughs> <laughs> I, you know it's 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 like you doing a, an ad for nutella it's like hey do you like dungeons and dragons well do that while eating Nutella, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean with that. I uh, I mean, I've never been much of a drinker anyway, but the one thing about logic, about um, the lockdown and everything, is definitely giving everyone bad dietary habits. And, of course, of course. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Maybe you've seen the meme. Sorry, I'm sorry, continue. Uh, sorry, I've just got to shout to see if we might have a problem. Hold on. Okay. So, um, I was thinking, um, do you remember like the first game that you ever played or no? 
Oh, yeah. Um, first one was Donkey Kong on the original uh, Game Boy, like the Game Boy that was about a brick size that was all still like pixelated in black and white. That's cool. That's cool. Did you en- end up beating that game or no? Oh, hell no. No? <laughs> I don't think I know anyone who actually did beat that game, honestly. I don't think it was possible because, you know, we're talking a time before you could save and go back. It was a case where you just had to play through until you stopped, you know? Of course, of course. They, um, one of the, um, this meme that I made uh, with Trish Hirschberger, like, she's, like, shocked, like, surprised. And mm. I put it as a quote. I, I said, when you left the console on and you don't have a memory card, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it's like, I don't want to lose my spot, but I don't have a memory card, so I'll just leave it there. Yeah, you just got to plug it in and hope for the best and hope that it doesn't die anyway. And yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The um, Yeah. I had a friend that left his PlayStation on for like, what I, he said, I don't know if this is true, but he said that he left it on for three days, like just straight three oh days because he didn't have a memory card. And then the thing just like, crapped out on them eventually because you know burned out oh, but I, I that's dedicated yeah exactly exactly it's, it's like um if you ever saw the movie mall rats where um mm-hmm. where he, he's uh the girlfriend's trying to wake him up and he has the sega still on and he's trying to resume the game and like how long did he yeah. have that on for <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i was thinking about this because um i was thinking about you know, the old Pokemon games and things like that. And yeah, I mean, there was such a huge thing of excitement when we finally got, you know, the Game Boy Color came out. You're like, oh my God, this game's going to be in color. This is such a huge thing. And you can't really explain it to anybody now who wasn't around at the time, just how huge it was to just be seeing grass as green and, you know, there's sky and, you know. It was a big deal. (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a big deal. The, um, the, um, when Mario 64 came out, like, I, I never owned this, a Nintendo 64. Um, but when, when it came out, the store, Toys R Us, um, they allowed you to play the game. They had, like, booths set up where you could try the game, right? And there were multiple booths. So me and my friend spent the whole entire day playing Mario 64 at Toys R Us. No one kicked us out. It was great. <laughs> I don't, that sounds amazing. I, yeah, they don't allow that now. They don't allow kids to play the games in the stores anymore. But I just remember thinking how great that was. Because it was like, oh, it's like an arcade, but I don't have to put in quarters or anything like that. <laughs> it was like, I just... Yeah, I suppose it's free advertising for the game as well, wasn't it? It was like people walk in and see the kid playing the game and how much fun you're having. And they're like, oh, maybe we'll buy that for our kids, you know. Exactly, exactly. I was definitely that kid like that was always by the arcade machines. Because I was ups- yeah. because I love video games, so I was that annoying kid that was like, "Oh, you missed this thing," and blah blah blah. That was me. <laughs> I was that little kid that was, you know, like, "Oh, do you, you think you could beat this game in one quarter?" You know, blah 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 type of thing. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I used to just be friends with a lot of the kids who had like the N sixty fours and things, and it used to just blow my mind whenever we used to play like. Um, I used to play Pokemon Stadium. Now, Pokemon Stadium was huge for me as a kid. That was... Oh, especially because you could put your own Pokemon in there. Exactly, Like, yes. just... It was amazing. The Me and my friends, we would play 
Pokemon Stadium until the early aughts of the morning, like 3, 4 a.m., yeah. because I was just like, there's no way that you could beat my Tentacruel. Oh, yeah, my Pikachu's way stronger <laughs> than yours. And, and it would just go back and forth. It was, it was, it was very, very, very fond memories, in, indeed. <laughs> it, was, it was such a huge thing as a kid as well, to be able to do a multiplayer thing like that. And I think, I mean, I know we're going on about Pokemon a lot, but I think it was the first time you could build something up in your own game. Like you could train like your level 100 Charizard. Of course. And then you could take it to your friend's house and try and beat them with it. And it was such a sense of achievement when you did. It was like, yeah, I made that. Right. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, this is pretty funny. Um, when I went to PAX, the PAX Boston, the, that one, um, uh, they had the uh, the Animal Crossing reveal. This was before Animal Crossing was launched. They were just showing it to the public. And they had people dressed up in Animal Crossing. Like there was Isabel and K.K. Slider and all the other people. And you could take photos with them, you know? So, oh, nice. So um, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, Isabel memes, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... I, when, I, when I was getting a picture with Isabel, I was like, here, Isabel, hold the axe. And I was like, all right, and then pretend to attack me. And, and Isabel was just like, nope. And I was like, I understand you're under contract to Nintendo. But, I, but it was the funniest thing to try and get her to attack me. And, and, but uh, it was, you know... Tell me you at least got a sneaky pick of trying to convince her because that's just awesome. I do have a picture on my phone that looks like she's kind of, uh, she's got the axe in her hand, but you know, it's, it's, it's amusing. Uh, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm mourning for my Animal Crossing game at the minute. My Switch died and my poor little island has just been left floating in the ether somewhere. I mean, it, it's apt because I named my island Barovia uh -huh. and it legitimately is lost in the mist right now. How 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 poetic <laughs> yes indeed. I don't know if I the know, term ironic applies there, but it's definitely similar. <laughs> to be fair, it kind of, you know, I deserved it for naming in that in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> the um have you ever heard the song Ironic by Alanis Marset? Oh yes. <laughs> okay. I remember listening to that song as a child and then an older lady came by while I was listening to it and being like this lady does not understand the term ironic because she's like... And that's what's ironic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it's like the guy wins the lottery and then he dies the next day. And then it was like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. And I, and I was just like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Because irony means the opposite of something. You know, it's like, you, you know, you're, you're fighting for animal rights, but you get killed by an animal. That's ironic. You, you know... Yeah, the rest just unfortunate. The entire song is just unfortunate, but exactly. the irony is that the song is called ironic and there's nothing in it that's actually ironic, which makes the song ironic. So Yeah, it it's very it's very like uh witty. <laughs> you know, the the back and yeah. forth type of thing. It's uh um it, you know, like uh like Rick Astley. Like Rick I'm pretty sure Rick mm -hmm. Astley didn't think that Rick Roll was gonna be a thing. Like, he just made the song, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, people just would just, like, I'm going to take this song and make a meme out of it, you know? And, 
Yeah. It just happened. <laughs> like, uh, the uh, I remember so, at, as a child watching an interview with Rick Astley, and he was saying that his daughter had to tell him about it because he didn't know. Because he, he was like, I don't know why all these people want to have interviews with me all of a sudden. He's like, you know, um, and he always tried to do the the more recent songs that he was doing. Because Rick Astley has a huge catalog of songs. But it was, um, but it was just like, he would be like, yeah, my daughter came to me and she's like, hey, dad, did you know that this is a thing? <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. That was just weird if- if you're not in internet culture and then that happens to you, that must be the most surreal, weirdest thing to try and understand. Indeed, indeed. The um, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but um, if you could make a game, it doesn't matter what it, it, it entails, what would it be? It'd definitely be, it'd have to be open world because I love any kind of open world game where you're just open to exploring. Um, I don't know. I think anything that would be a medieval fighting game that was actually historically accurate. And I know that sounds really boring, but um, for me, that would be amazing to just have give people that kind of experience of what it's like to be in like medieval battles and living that kind of lifestyle. So I kind of think anything like that. Of course. They... Um... Speaking of history, um, from what I learned in the history books is that a lot of people actually didn't die in the Colosseum. There were very rarely were their actual deaths. They, you know, like it wasn't like yeah, yeah, and um, because um, it was like a whole thing where it just got uh, glorified, as it were. Like um, I, yeah. as you know uh, from being from England, that England used to have animal battles. There used to be cages oh, yeah. right in front of the, the right in front of the the castle, and and people would pay to see these animals fight each other. And obviously now that's illegal, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it was just like yeah. We used to have um, we used to have a tradition actually in my hometown that no one this um, that this is part of our history. But we used to have bull runnings. So you know how they used to have in Spain where they let the bulls go out in the street. Yes. Uh, my town was actually famous for that, and it used to happen between this town and Tutbury, where the main castle is still. Um, and they used to let the cows run there like twice a year. And I think there's actually an old 12th century ballad that says that Robin Hood actually got married at one of the bull runnings at Tutbury Castle. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. But it wasn't to Maid Marian. It was uh, Maid Marian was a Victorian input into that sort of ballad. It was um, to a woman called Corinthia, who he saw shooting um, a game in the woods, and he saw her take down a stag with a bow and arrow, and he said, I will marry her because uh, she's the most amazing wife I've ever seen. That's pretty impressive, though. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, and I actually prefer that legend. But, um, but yeah, they had the ball runnings going through the two main towns, and it only ended because of a death. And that was because people got in a drunken fight and had actually nothing to do with the bulls themselves. So it could have still been going on if it wasn't for that. As, as Homer Simpson would say, alcohol, the cause and solution to most of life's problems. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever done this before. I certainly haven't. But have you ever heard of the term D&D in a castle? 
where they, you actually go to a castle and play D&D? I have, and we've been toying with the idea of doing it because obviously I, I, run, uh, I run two D&D games currently, um, which are both... But I've also had a homebrew going for a while that I need to pick up again. And it involves people who I do my medieval reenactment with. And when we're left alone, like we'll do a show in a day, we'll put on the fights and then the public leave and we get to live in the castle grounds doing anything we want for the whole night and the rest of the weekend. So the dream is to, yeah. So at some point I want to take all my D&D kit and we're just going to set up with candles in one of the lower dungeons someday and just have, have our game down there. That's great. That's really great. The, um, uh, when I mentioned to you before, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, when I went to the Queen Mary, the, uh, the ship, they have, um, uh, I, I think around Halloween time, they, they alter it to be like, uh, like a, like a, like a spooky kind of thing because, um, rumor has it that it is haunted like the, uh, the ship. Uh, but mm-hmm. when you, there's a quarantine area. Now this was, when people got sick, you know, be it the Spanish flu or the Black Plague or what, whatever, whatever illness was stricken upon that, that date and time. And uh-huh. it was very, like, um, very, for lack of a better term, archaic. Like, it was just like, you're lying on the floor. There's a person that's tending your wounds, you know, and it's... It, and it's it's it, it was very like like I didn't like uh, live during that time obviously but like just walking into that area where it was dark and like very dingy and you could smell the rust you know what I mean mm. it was just like I bet it, you could feel it exactly if it, it it was like it was very emotionally spooky you know because yeah. there were like you didn't see any ghosts or anything but you felt uneasy because of the yeah, history. I mean- yeah, I mean, I've been to a lot of places that, are, that have that kind of feel to them, if you like, and I've always been kind of sensitive to it. And um, the one place I went to uh, is a castle on the Welsh border called Goodrich Castle. And I went to have a quick look around while we were setting up camp. And I got to the top part of the main hall and there was just like a weight of emotion to it. It was just, it was really overwhelming and I couldn't go anywhere alone in that castle. Like we've been a couple of times now yeah. and it still hit me and I don't know why that particular castle in that particular location, there's just something and I have no idea what it is. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that one. It, it's like one of those things where it's like, maybe I shouldn't go in there, you know, <laughs> like your fight or flight yeah. response <laughs> kicks in. It's like, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I could tell you so many ghost stories. <laughs> oh, I have plenty of ghost stories podcast, as well. So I won't. <laughs> no, if if you want to tell a ghost story, you can by all means tell a ghost story. You know, uh, was Pac Man involved? Because that's fine. <laughs> oh, I mean that would have been better, but you know. <laughs> no, by all means, share a ghost story if you like. I don't mind. Um, I mean, there's there's like oh, there's so many because I used to work at uh, Tutbury Castle is sort of Middle England, so central to a lot of places and um most i said to you before about most haunted used to visit there quite a bit um because it was where mary queen of scots was held before they took her to be beheaded oh wow and uh yeah so we used to run quite a few ghost hunts there and um there was one which was it was actually cliche enough it was a halloween night 
Mm. Um, and my friend was running the ghost hunt and he said, oh, do you fancy, you know, come and join the ghost hunt? I know you've been in the office all day, but, you know, it's Halloween if you want to have a go. And I was like, yeah, great. I'll do that. And um, we went all around the castle. Absolutely fine. And then we went into what they call the king's bedroom, oh, which man. is like it's the most haunted room in the castle. Like um, I did. I used to do tours during the day there and it still felt a bit weird. So you can imagine Halloween nights, lots of people. Um, so we started the ghost hunt and it just involved everyone sort of stood around the room, turning off the lights and the guide just basically saying, can anybody feel anything? Is everybody okay? And I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that was because the minute the lights had turned out, there was suddenly like, um, you know, like Slenderman? Yes, I know of Slenderman, yeah. Yeah, well, imagine that stood in front of you, but just a dark shadow silhouette. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely creepy. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this thing was in front of me, and I could see, like, I was looking up at it, and I could see the head and shoulders of this thing. And um, the guy had actually said to me, um, are you okay? And the minute he said that, this thing kind of jumped at me. Yes. To the point where it pressed me against the wall at my back, and everything went black. Like it, wow. like it had put a blanket over my face. Crazy. And so I wasn't okay. So I just said, no, I'm not okay. And um, the guy turned on the light. Everything went back to normal. I told everyone what I'd seen and what was happening. And he was like, okay, well, we'll try it again. And we'll see if anyone else sees anything. Hmm. And so the light goes off again. And again, this thing is stood right there. Wow. And uh, he goes, are you okay? And I went, no and this thing did the same thing like literally forcefully pushed me against the wall at my back um couldn't breathe felt this smother on my face and had to say yep nope not okay um so he turns on the light again and he says okay tell you what you switch places and he pointed to this girl opposite me at the other end of the, of the room and he said you switch places with her and we'll see how this goes we'll see if anything changes so we switch places, he turns off the light, and I can see over the other side of the room, this thing stood in front of this poor girl. Yes. Like, I could see it looking down, like, just stood for a minute, and then it looked down, it crouched, like it was really looking into her face. Yes. And then it started walking around the room, looking into every face of every person like it was looking for me. Oh, wow, wow. Like, it was like, where's that person I was just messing with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it was kind of hunting me a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God. That's, and that's luckily, creepy. it didn't find me. And I saw it give up halfway through and walk to where the guide was. And it dropped down like a child and, like, hugged its knees. Yeah. In, it was really weird. And then the girl who'd been stood there said, I'm not okay, turn on the light. And we turn on the light and she's got this red mark all across her face and yeah. down her neck. Wow. Like someone's hit her. Like a smack, I um, would say, and or a we went, like, we went over to take a look and I remember looking at this girl's neck. Yeah. And while we were looking at it, it, it was, yeah, it was like, it was like nails dragging down her neck. Wow. While we were looking at it. So it was really creepy. And we just kind of ended the ghost hunt there and left it. <laughs> <laughs> so That's interesting. The, um, one of the stories that I, I... I may have told it on the podcast before. I don't recall. But as uh, I may have mentioned, maybe in the podcast as well, 
maybe just in this episode, that my mom had passed. And I remember <laughs> my mom saying, that, um, I, I, why do you do so much occult stuff? And she goes, because I want to haunt you when I'm dead. And I just thought that was, oh, wow. I thought that was a funny response. And um, I remember uh, waking up one time in, in my bed. And, uh, and you, you can call it sleep paralysis if you want. I don't know. But I felt very like uh, like I couldn't move, but I could see what was going on, you know. And I yeah. saw like this uh, like translucent type of hand that was caressing my face, you know, like very lovingly. Oh, okay. And then, and then uh, I want to say like, I don't know, maybe a few seconds, maybe a minute, who knows. I was able to move. And as soon as I moved, the hand slowly dissipated. You know, it's pretty, pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's kind of nice if you think that it, if you didn't feel scared in the moment and it was just kind of nice and you understood that maybe it might have been like your mom and something like that. It's kind of a gift in a way. It's kind of weird to sort of say, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, you know, like, again, you could chalk it up to sleep paralysis or you could say it was my mother. I'm not here to judge. I just thought it was a cool story to share. You know, uh, yeah. I, unless unless I'm actually crazy, I don't I don't know. But uh, I don't <laughs> no, I don't think people know that they're crazy. Anything. I think you have to be told you're crazy, right? So people love being told they're crazy, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we come from a family that has like a lot of we've we've sort of all been very open spiritually. I mean, I, I'm Wiccan. Um, if I have to aspire anything to sort of any belief system, cool. I'll say I'm kind of witchy Wiccan. Um, but yeah, my, my mom and uh, my aunt used to have stories about their parents visiting them and similar experiences. And, you know, so I've always grown up with those kind of stories. So I guess working in a haunted castle was kind of a natural progression. <laughs> the um, My sister, my, the one that I mentioned before, she, um, she also uh, was, I don't know how much of a practicing person she was, but she had a blessed wand like it was a wiccan oh. wand and i just remember thinking it was the coolest thing in the world and um you know i just i would look at it and whatnot she's like you're not supposed to be messing with that and um but <laughs> the real funny story is that now my sister is a born-again christian um oh but, wow <laughs> but but i just remember like my sister uh like uh, she would have friends over and they would do the Ouija board or they would do seances and they would always, you know, kick me oh, yeah. out. They like, oh, get out of here. This isn't for you. But me being the inquisitive young lad that I am, I always would find a way to either hide in the closet or hide under the bed, you know, and just just sit there mm-hmm. and watch them very quietly. And, and you know, <laughs> to be fair, I'd have done the same. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because like if you if you have siblings and you know that your siblings, they they want you to leave. But you know that being a sibling, you're not going to leave them alone. So you're just going to stand oh, yeah. secretly be close yeah. by. <laughs> Especially stuff like that. It's like, wait, you're going to be doing a Ouija board? I want to be in on this. I want to see this. Exactly, exactly. Like, um, uh, again, I wasn't in the room. But my, uh, my sister and my dad uh, and his neighbor... They uh, got together and they were doing the Ouija board and they were trying to contact his father, the neighbor's father. And uh, 
like I didn't see a lot of things. It was very blurry. The wind, the for some reason, like the window that I was looking for got like very foggy, so I couldn't really see. Oh. But but my dad later on, you know, years later on, he was like, "Oh, um, yeah, uh, uh, Joey, who was the neighbor, he said that like a chair moved slightly and hit him in the leg and told him to go home." You know, because Joey, uh, you know, like, because, like, he always was over the house and he was like, oh, go home, Joey. So it was very interesting, like, those types of interactions, yeah. you know. Again, you can believe or not believe I'm not here to judge you, but I just thought it was an interesting story to tell. The, you know. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I did I did that when I was a kid. I did, uh, we had a summer of Ouija boards and all of that kind of stuff. I think it was uh, watching like the craft and practical magic and things like that just made us want to try everything we saw, which isn't really good when you think about it. Like we saw it in a film, we decided to do this, but you know. <laughs> yes, yes. And d- did you uh, want to be a tour guide because you, you liked scary things or are you just like, oh, it's just a job? Um, at the time, it was just a job. It was just come work in the office now that you've left school and everything. Like, yeah, we've got an office job in this castle. You like history and stuff. You know, this is great. Um, by the way, we'd like you to stay up till one thirty and run the ghost hunts. And, oh, now you're going to be dressed up as Mary, Queen of Scots for a wedding tomorrow. And, oh, hey, we've got a bunch of five-year-olds we need you to teach about Tudor history. So, nice, nice. <laughs> I, I pretty much did everything. And uh, I think I've mentioned in... Uh, Discord. The boss had a very unique um, <laughs> historical interest, yes. which was um, sex and contraception in the 1580s. Oh, yes. I've actually seen tampons that were used back in the day. There was just like wooden blocks with like something. It was like some sort of wool or something. I was like, that looks uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, they did. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Like she used to write medical papers based on what she found out. Yes. from history and all this and there was one thing they did used to use that was stagnum moss yes. and they used to use that and she found that actually there's a special bacteria that would prevent things that are harmful today in like normal feminine products and things yes yeah um like you know toxic shock and things like that it's this they found the that box, this, yeah. this yeah and they found that if if this stagnant moss was being used in it or if they could harness it sort of today it would stop that happening wow wow like it would completely nullify that danger in products so there's a lot that we could learn from looking back more than we do now if you know what i mean oh definitely definitely the uh uh as i told you before about uh, liking history i remember i saw a documentary on uh imhotep which was uh oh yeah he was a doctor back in the Egyptian times and like not much is known about him because of wars and stuff that went on and destroyed a lot of that culture but um they said mm-hmm. that if if um they were able to decipher stuff like the the Egyptian symbols that were found in like various tombs like Seti and whatnot they they may possibly learned more about like medical stuff and stuff like that and they said that if oh yeah if if that were the case and they could prove that Imhotep was this great medical doctor 
they would probably switch it to the Imhotep oath instead of the Hippocratic oath. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I suppose there's a lot of stuff we aspire to, like the ancient Greeks that the Egyptians quite possibly taught them. You know, there's quite a lot there exactly. that we don't know about. And yeah, it's whoever you read about first. I think this is a thing in history. If you go back so far, it's the first person you find doing that that you tend to think, well, they must have been the father of this or the mother of this. Exactly. And it's not really the case, you know, so... The, yeah, um, this is why I love digging, you know, digging deep into the history because there's so much that has been perverted by the Victorian era. Of course, of like, course. So much wasn't romantic enough for them that they changed to make more romantic. Exactly. And when you actually that and you start looking at primary sources, yeah, it's a completely different picture. It is a completely different picture. Like, who knew that honey had so many health benefits, right? Like, it was very helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, um, I remember, uh, I, I'm not too great at remembering, like, uh, uh, the first people, you know, like, this is just after the cavemen. They, um... I can't remember what they were called, but there was a certain group. These were the first people that finally decided to colonize. And then, mm-hmm. and then, then they spread out, you know what I mean? Um, uh, but uh, I just remember them thinking, like, imagine if you, uh, you just made a society and you've just figured out these awesome things. And then someone was like, oh, I'm going to take that. And you're like, no, you know, <laughs> that's got to really suck. <laughs> yeah. I do much about it, yeah. It's like it's like going over to like the caveman that invented the wheel and just smashing the wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like this is what I think of your idea. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean there's so much I think we could learn by kind of starting from scratch if you like. Like forgetting everything we know and starting from scratch because there's things we're finding out. Um I mean you probably know that I'm missed anyway. And I'm very into women fighters. Oh, sure, sure. Women are cool. Yeah, so it. yeah, so it's like trying to my my whole thing is trying to prove that women did fight, women did take part in the wards. Um and it's one of the things I keep trying to find examples for. Of and it's the one thing that people are adamant didn't happen, but it did, <laughs> you know. Of course. They there there's a lot of female uh hist- history fighters as well. There's a uh, calamity Jane. She was a, a a Western pioneer. You know, there's oh, yeah. uh, a- Annie Oakley. That's another one, I I, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, um, there's one lady. I can't remember her name, but she was the one who basically started brothels. You know, and she's the one who got people, you know, to like come to the towns in the West. Mm. You know, it was it, like cause, you know because you know. There was the gold rush, but it was just people mining. And then she was like, well, these people aren't leaving, so they might as well procreate, you know? Because they would usually just (laughs) mine and then leave, you know? So it was very smart Mm -hmm. of her. And um, there's, you know, believe it or not, I know that a lot of people may not like the movie, but I think it's a great movie. But Mulan, there's actually a woman that did exist in Chinese culture that infiltrated the army and fought in the army, you know, um, I don't know her real name though. Like, um, no, but it was based on, it was based on, it was based on real life. And that was changed, you know, because, you know, Disney changes things around it, you know, uh, poetic license as it were. Yeah. 
you know, or creative. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you mean by that. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of times, um, I mean, obviously, I run around in armor quite a bit. And the general thing is with English heritage, they have to be very accurate. So I have to hide the fact that I'm a woman wearing the armor when I'm putting on a show. Oh, wow. So um, they're getting better at it when, when we have, say, a sport connotation. They have to say, yes, you're a woman because you're in a sport and we have to be inclusive. But from a historical point, they, they like you to hide as you get changed from being the woman of the camp into a man of arms, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. The, yeah, the... there's so many kids who come up to us and I've been in my armor and had like a little boy you know, say, oh, that can't be your helmet because you're a girl. And I'm like putting the helmet on, going, kicking some ass in the fighting field, coming back and going, yeah, that's my helmet. Do you want to try it on? Yeah. <laughs> what do you have but, to say now, I, little boy? I, in, exactly. It's like, especially when you have the sword and there's a lot of times when my other half will be showing someone the sword and they'll be like, oh yeah, but how do you use it? And he'll like hand me the sword and I'll do the fighting demonstration and then just hand the sword back and they'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you ever played uh, World Heroes or Samurai Showdown. Have you ever played those games or no? No, no, I haven't. Okay, well, they're they're Neo Geo. If you ever heard of the console Neo Geo, they 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 were um, fighting games, and um, they had like fighters from around the world. That's why they were called World Heroes, and um, they had uh, they had you know like. Uh, a guy from Thailand, a guy from Japan, you know, whatever. And one of the char- one of my favorite characters in that game was this lady called Jane, and I think she was either from England or France, I can't remember. But she was like in okay. f- full full armor. She didn't wear a helmet. She had long blonde hair. And like she would just swing this long broadsword. It was the coolest thing. And like um, I bet that was Joan of Arc. I guarantee that was Joan of Arc. It's very possible. <laughs> and um, she, uh, she uh, like, one of, because I think every fighting game, they just have to include fireballs. So uh, her uh, yeah. her move was, like, she would, like, spark the sword and, like, a, a, a little bird fire would come out. It would be, like, a fireball, but in the shape of a bird, you know? Nice. It was pretty cool. I just, I, I love doing it. And at the end... When she won, she would laugh at you, which I was like, yes, add insult to injury. I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> That's awesome. I like her already. That's great. <laughs> of, of course. Like, uh, like I was saying, like, uh, uh, I, I admire strength, you know, it, it, and I mean that in a good way, not a negative way. Like, mm-hmm. I, I admire when people own, own their strength. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, for yeah, example... Like, for example, uh, like, uh, there's this female wrestler. Her name is Rhea Ripley. I don't know if you've ever seen her. This lady, no. this lady is jacked beyond belief, but, like, she's a solid wrestler. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like that fine line. Best way, I could, you've seen Michelangelo's David, right? Or, or, or oh, Venus yeah. de Milo, right? It's like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like capturing the essence of someone in their best state you know what i mean mm-hmm. that, that's what yeah, I, like realizing their potential kind exactly of thing. exactly it's like um i told this lady that i met once like i was like i don't know if i'll see you i s- sent her in a message i was like i don't know if i'll see you again but i just want to let you know 
that I see a lot of potential in you. And I just wanted to let you know that you have that potential, you know? If, yeah. You know, cause, I don't know. That's just me. I like to say what's on my mind, you know? Um, no, I think, it's, I think it's refreshing. It's pretty cool. But, <laughs> you know, uh, because, you know, uh, uh, I draw, I you know, like, people always say that they they have trouble finding inspiration or maybe... They, mm-hmm. they, they're not looking correctly. I have no idea. But there's always something out there in the world that can inspire you. And a lot of times I'm inspired by women because they do, they do, they do like awesome things. You know what I mean? Not saying that men don't do awesome things yeah. as well, but I'm just saying like maybe it's because I'm a man and, you know, I pay attention to women because, you know, I, I'm attracted to them. I don't know. Point being is that I'm like, yeah. yes, I realize you and your abilities. You know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah. So you, no, it makes sense. I think it's pretty cool. Like, um, I think it's, it can be quite frustrating, say, if you do care about someone in particular, like a friend, yes. and you know they're capable of something so much more and they can't really see it or unlock that kind of potential. I, I get what you mean about that. There's something really satisfying and seeing the moment they do exactly i don't know if uh, this doesn't involve women but it's a great example um i don't know if you've ever seen either dragon ball z or attack on titan have you ever seen those or no oh both oh big anime fan okay (laughs) which one which one do you want me to tell you about dragon ball z or attack on titan which one uh surprise me i like them both (laughs) okay well, I'll go with Dragon Ball Z because that's my favorite. Uh, or Dragon okay. Ball. Uh, anyway, uh, now, um, just in case, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, but this thing has been out for several years, so you've probably seen it by now. Um, Gohan, future Gohan, is in, mm-hmm. uh, is in a battle with the androids. And he loses his arm. And baby Trunks, or child Trunks, it wants to go into a fight with Gohan. And so uh, Gohan uh, ends up knocking out Baby Trunks and then flying off to fight the androids. Now, uh, Baby Gohan, or Young Gohan, uh, I'm sorry, Young Trunks, goes over to the defeated uh, future Gohan and he realizes that he's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's so uh, wrought with emotion because uh, prior to him seeing Gohan, he knew he had the potential within him. And Gohan was trying to unlock it, but he couldn't do it himself. But because Gohan dying was the catalyst for Trunks to become a Super Saiyan. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, now uh, do, you, do you follow what I'm saying or no? think so yeah <laughs> the point the point that i'm trying to make is that people have to make the change for themselves but they have to be pointed in the direction they have to they have to oh, see, I see it what you mean you know what i mean like like for yeah, example yeah. like um i you know i had i was diagnosed with stage four uh lymphoma cancer back in 2015 i i am five mm-hmm. years five years uh in remission so that's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah, but, that's awesome, dude. But I recall thinking to myself prior to the illness, 
Like I was just like, I know I could do something with my life, but I just need someone to tell me where to go. I need someone to give me that direction. I need someone to show me where to go. And then for this whole entire time, uh, you know, I realized that the strength was within me and I just had to figure out how to unlock it. And when I see, when I see that people unlock that, that ability, it's like, good on you, man. You know, it's like, yeah, whatever you do, it's, you're killing it, you know? (laughs) Hope I'm not rambling and making a point, but. No, 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 I know what you mean. I mean, uh, my life changed completely. I met one particular person at one particular time and I literally am the person I am today and doing everything I'm doing because of her. And, you know, that's my best friend currently. And it was literally, was the first person, hey, everything you like, the games, the anime, um, all of it, that's really cool. And no one had ever, ever said that to me before. I'd just been the weirdo until this one person who liked the same things turned around and said, no, 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 that makes you a good person, you know? Exactly. It's um, it's like um, that old trope. I guess it's a trope now, but when we were younger, it wasn't necessarily a trope. But it it was like, oh, you play games? You're a nerd. Or, or you like yeah, this? Like, you're a nerd. A nerd and, and now yeah. everyone's like, oh, oh, you know, Matt Mercer, come over here. We want to love you. We want to love you, Matt Mercer. Give us a hug. You know, like it, it, yeah, exactly. It it it's it, it, it's like it's like a completely flip the script type of thing. You know. Um, Oh, yeah, and it's great. It's awesome that there's a generation of kids who are growing up and they're allowed to be enthusiastic about things. They're allowed to be part of fandoms and they get to experience, you know, so many different things because they're allowed to be enthusiastic. And we were never allowed that when we were kids. Of course, of course. You Like, like I told you before, it's like, oh, you you know, you don't like what I like? Well, then get out of here. You know, it's you know, it's like, all right, I guess they're just not your people, you know? Uh, yeah, you gotta find your tribe. This is the thing. You find your tribe, and most often it's on the internet. Like, yes. and it can take several times to find the right tribe as well. And yeah, it's. I like the sum it up. I think for me, of course, of course. Well, I was talking to my brother a few days ago, and uh, 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 I was chatting with him outside, and he told me that I looked like a zombie. And I was just like, oh, gee, thanks, you know. And then he's like, he's like, don't your friends tell you that you, you look kind of odd? And I was like, no. And, and he's like, are all your friends online? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I, do oh, have, I do have friends that are in real life, but I mostly speak to my online friends more than my IRL friends. So it's, it's pretty... Yeah, I mean, I was telling you earlier, like, that most people call me Vampire Bait more than my real name now. So it's, you know, it's weird when people do call me by my real name. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, um, uh, I, as I told you before, I went to a TwitchCon uh, a few times. And one of the first times that I went to a TwitchCon, um, they were like, oh, what's, what's your name? You know, like, and I was like, oh, I'm Sprinkles the Dragon Cat. And... They were, they were like, um, no, what's your actual name? And I was like, oh, it's Jimmy. But people still call me Sprinkles. You know, on occasion, they'll call yeah. me my real name. But, but the majority of the time, people will call me Sprinkles. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it's very amusing. Yeah, I think it's going to be weird when uh, when all this is over and I have to go back to, to normality, if you like, and people have to start calling me by my real name. I think it's going to take a bit. Yes. It's going to be a minute of like, oh, wait, what? Are you, are you going to, uh, hopefully you get this reference, but are you going to be like Jen on the IT crowd where you just freak out on people? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'm like, what? You know my handle? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep them separate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 that was my Jen yeah. impression. It's terrible. I apologize. But uh, um, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I was watching, uh, I've been catching up with old um, Geek and Sundry um, games lately, and there was the one that was Hack the Planet. Okay. And it was making me laugh so much because it was so like life. <laughs> and just, wait, wait, we don't use in real life names here. What's your name? And it's like, oh, okay. You know, it just made me laugh because it's like, well, we're, we're kind of living like that now. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The um, here's an amusing thing. When I went to, uh, I think it was the PAX Boston, or maybe the, the convention before that. But point being is that they um they had a guy that on a panel that I was at, and he was I think he worked for DARPA or something along those lines. Like he was a government person. He's retired now, and. He was right. talking. He was talking about internet security and like, uh, like all the stuff he was working at. And I was mentioning to him, I was like, "Have you ever read the book Ready Player One?" And he's and he's like, "Yes, I have." And I was like, "Do you think that the world is gonna become like Ready Player One, where everyone goes into virtual reality and doesn't want to live in real life?" And he goes, "Technology has has to get pretty far for that to happen." But I do not see that happening in the future, and okay. I just and I just think that's funny because now everyone spends a lot of time online. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it, not I in virtual reality. I mean, if we could live online, I, why would you not? You know, especially if you do take like Ready Player One as an example, mm -hmm. just living in a world based off your own nostalgia and based off your favorite things yes. in gaming history and living those games. Um, I mean, I love Sword Art Online, and only for the concept. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I think Black Mirror did a similar episode, too, like to Ready Player One. Yeah. Where the, he was, like, living in a civilization and stuff. But, uh... Yeah, it, I think it's the dream at this point, isn't it? We want to get to a virtual reality level where you feel like you are part of the game as opposed to just a player on the game. Like, you want it to be... In like we customize our characters because we want a version of ourselves in the game we're playing. Yes, yes. The um, I remember a while back, uh, playing a wrestling game, and in wrestling games you can make make your character, you know, make your wrestling character. And I thought I'm gonna make myself, because I've always wanted to be in a wrestling game. And then I made myself, mm -hmm. and then I was like, I am unhappy with this character, <laughs> and I will stop making myself. <laughs> Because I'm used, to, I'm used, to, I'm used to like when I make a character, I usually like to make them outrageous. Like they have blue skin, they have a mohawk, you know, like they have like weird things on their thing, and I'm just like me. I'm just so average, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, one of the reasons I started doing medieval reenactment and everything else is you get into a way of it's like I want to do cool stuff I want to be able to do the things that I'm doing in games like yes I want to be able to I want to be able to pick locks I want to be able to do all this 
Exactly. And I think moment where me and my best friend were talking about it and we're like, well, why don't we? Exactly. exactly. You know, yeah. like there's so many resources out there now. It's like, okay, we want to be able to do that. Let's learn how. Exactly. And I mean, I can lockpick and I can source a sword fight. I mean, I get my ass handed to me a lot, but I can still pretty much swing a, swing a sword and do archery and things. And there's so much out there to still learn. Yes. That, yeah, I think that is the goal. We all want to be that, the person we're playing in, like, heroic sort of settings. We want to be able to do cool stuff. Exactly. And I am very much, of, yeah, I am very much in the mindset that if you want to learn how, it's great, you know? Exactly. Um, have you seen My Hero Academia or no? I haven't, no. Okay. <laughs> well, this isn't a spoiler. It's just a description. But the main character, okay. he is not a superhero, but he goes to school with superheroes. And okay. his dream is to be a superhero. So, he has journals where he writes down positives and negatives of all the superheroes in that, and like what he would do and blah blah blah. And so the the thing is about him, you know, trying to become a superhero. You know what I mean? I don't want to cool. spoil anything yeah. for you if you want to watch it, but it's just like one of those things where it's like Yes, a lot of people are where that little kid is, where they were so inspired by somebody that they want to achieve it themselves or possibly mm -hmm. adjacent to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, for example, I, I like um, prior to watching anime, I was big into Bruce Lee. Because Bruce Lee was like... Oh, the, I can understand why, yeah. The coolest awesome. dude, you know? Like, like, I did a report on him in college... And I learned a lot of his negative traits, which everyone has negative traits. It's fine. You're only human. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm just saying, like, the majority of the negativity was pretty much negated by the amount of positivity he spread. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why he's an icon. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, uh, you know, like, I, I individually, I don't know if I'll ever reach that uh, status, but I know that if I try and do things more, then I'll be happy with the existence that I'm in. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you kind of just try to be, like you were saying about unlocking, unlocking people's potential. A lot of it is trying to find out what your own potential is as well. Exactly. The, um, yeah, so that's a good full circle to come back. That was... Yeah, yeah. it is a full <laughs> circle, yes. <laughs> I like to, I like yeah. to do first circles here. Um, but, uh, I, I may have mentioned to this, to you in the discord, maybe I haven't, but there's a book that I, I, I've been working on. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Felicia Day. Uh, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Felicia Day has a book and it's called Embrace Your Weird and Unlock Creativity. And oh. it's basically like, for lack of a better term, it's like, hey, I'm going to give you a task and these tasks are supposed to tell you what your strengths and weaknesses are. Now, this is just my opinion on that Felicia Day. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, and I was thinking to myself, if more people sat down and took an assessment of themselves, then they would, yeah. they would better know 
how to unlock their potential. You know, because they know themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, that's that's easier said than done. You know, like uh, it it took it took a very serious illness for me to sit down and because I had nothing else to do, I was stuck in a hospital bed. What can I? What else can I do? You know, <laughs> self reflection is my friend. Um, but yeah, so you know, that's just me. Uh, if I was on a soapbox, then uh, that's fine because everyone needs to take a shower every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but the, I want to ask you a question. So, okay. if you were to give anyone advice, doesn't matter what it's about, what advice okay. would you have to give them? If you want to put it into a sentence, that's fine. If it's a whole thing, go right ahead. I don't mm. Um, I think the only advice I would ever give someone is if something makes you happy, whatever it is, don't listen to anyone else telling you it shouldn't. I think that's the main thing because I I grew up a lot with being told I shouldn't like certain things and I shouldn't be enjoying certain things because it wasn't what was expected of a, a little girl, I suppose, at the time. And because of that, I was very unhappy for a long time. And like I said, it took someone turning around and saying, oh my God, you like all of these things. It's amazing that you like these things and that these things make you happy and you should do more of them. And that led to my entire life changing and becoming more positive. So I think that's the best thing you can do. Indeed, indeed. The, um, uh, I, I'm sure you know who, maybe you don't, I don't know how much you listen to, but are you familiar with the rapper Biggie Smalls? I'm not, no. Okay, well, he's a New York rapper, uh, and I'm sure you know what rap is, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, uh, basically... Biggie Smalls was a drug dealer and then he became a well-known rapper. Like, he's an iconic rapper. And he says mm. in the song, uh, one of his songs, he says, I went from negative to positive. You know? So, like, yeah. even if even if you are in a terrible situation, you could always turn it around. You just have to want to turn it around. Yeah, you got to put in the legwork. You can't wait for someone else to change it for you. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my interpretation. Again, I I don't know a dead man's perspective. I'm just telling you what I think. You know. Oh yeah. But uh, so yeah, if there's anything um, that you would like to promote or just yourself, this would be your time to do so. Um, I don't really know what to say about myself. I. I hang out and I make a lot of LA by night content at the moment, just in GIFs and funny videos. And I occasionally make ponies. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And uh, if anyone wanted to <laughs> contact you via social media and you're okay with it, what would, how would they contact you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, generally on Discord, just as Vampire Bait. And on Twitter, I am at... S Vampire Bait on Twitter. Okay, that's that's great. That's great. Um, anyway, um, so I just wanted to say that I uh, fully appreciate you being a guest on my podcast. Um, oh, thank you very much for asking me. It was a privilege. 
Oh, well, I, I legitimately, every time when I ask someone if they're going to be on this podcast, I'm always like, they're probably going to say no. <laughs> you know, so I'm glad, I'm glad that you are willing to deal with my ramblings and my nonsense. Um, oh, no, it's been great fun to talk to you at last. <laughs> Indeed. So um, I would like to thank everyone in the podcast universe for listening to this episode of Good Gamers. Okay, uh, until next time, GG.